sponsored by Coro. They're on a mission to rethink the food market. They want to shorten supply chains and support a direct and fair trade regarding the origin, pricing, and quality. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Their bulk packagings allow them to offer customers high quality products at a really fair price. They really care about sustainability. Their bulk packs save on packaging material compared to the small single packs. And they also avoid sulfur, refined sugars, preservatives, colors, and other additives. Their quality management team carefully and regularly reviews the quality of their products. If you want to try Coro, you can use code FORKINGCORO at checkout for a 5% discount. Which makes a really big difference because you are bulk buying so many different products and I am obsessed with their white chocolate almond matcha nuts, obviously. (laughs) I obviously went for something savory and got a kilo of salt and pepper roasted crunchy chickpeas, which are incredible. They sound really good, but they do a ton of really amazing nut butters as well that are like sweetened with vanilla or dates, um, cinnamon. You can find so many different flavors of all your favorite nut butters. It's so funny because I ordered all savory stuff. So I got like soy sauce and curry paste. And of course, you ordered all of like the sweet things. Do you know what I did get though? that like you would never order, I feel, is Satan. Like I really enjoy it, but I feel like you would not. Like yeah, I feel like all me. the products I brought from the website, you didn't and then vice versa. <laughs> happy for you. Hope you really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's a no for me. I actually, one of the things that I really got is they sell um, fresh ginger juice. It's literally just fresh ginger with like a bit of lemon. Um, and I love ginger and I love a ginger mm. tea every night. And it's kind of like a little cheap because instead of just like chopping fresh ginger, I just put a little ginger juice in hot water and it's like, it really burns in the best kind of way. It's just like a flavor that I absolutely love. So, um, definitely check them out. We could talk about them for ages. Um, but yeah, use code for forking Coro for 5% off. Yeah. And let us know what products are your favorite. Hi guys, welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. We are so excited because we have Jill Glenn, two times recipe book author and creator of Peanut Butter with Jilly. Hi Jill, how are you? Hey, I'm good, how are you? We're doing well, we're so happy to have you on. Super (laughs) excited, I like drool over your Instagram page all the time. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I, I there's so much we want to talk to you about and jump right in. But for everyone who is listening, um, would you be able to just like give a brief introduction about yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah, I am. Um, first and foremost, I guess I am a vegan and gluten free food blogger um, and also some lifestyle and wellness stuff. But um, as Sophie stated, I post a lot of <laughs> drool-worthy recipes on my Instagram account. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And um, so I'm a recipe developer and a blogger. And then I also have two um, cookbooks that are also vegan and gluten-free friendly. So yeah, that's me. Amazing. How did you, like, how long have you been doing this for? How did you get into it? Like, you've obviously put up such an incredible following. Like, take us back to how it started. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I, about like three and a half, maybe almost four years ago now, um, I watched that documentary called What the Health. I don't know if either of you have oh, seen yeah. it. Oh my God, that feels like so long ago now. I forgot Was that, that, even that long ago? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think it even came out like a few years before then, but I finally decided I'm going to sit down and watch it. And um, so anyway, if anybody isn't like aware of what that is, it's basically like a documentary on Netflix that talks all about the issues in the meat and dairy industry and animal cruelty and all the things that it could potentially be doing to your health. And so I like totally bought in and I was like, I'm going vegan. And so <laughs> I decided to remove all like animal products out of my diet. And um, my friends and family thought that I was out of my mind. They were like, <laughs> what, <are laughs> what you was doing? your like, before watching that, had had you ever like dabbled in like vegetarianism or anything like that? Or there was like a literally like a day and night, oh, today I'm a vegan. <laughs> um, so before then, I, I would say I was never a huge like meat eater. Um, but I definitely I would eat seafood. I would um, I really liked bacon, which is like really random, but <laughs> I loved like bacon and eggs for breakfast. Um, and then, but outside of that, like I, I didn't eat a whole lot of meat. Um, and so, and I always knew that I had a dairy intolerance. So, but I just kind of ignored it. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I think my body's telling me that I shouldn't have dairy and I'm going to try this meat-free life. Um, and so I dabbled in it, but I, I mean, it was, it was a pretty hard swing in the other direction. Cause I, I had to give up all my favorite things like cheese and <laughs> bacon. Yeah. Cheese I always would be find a hard one. <laughs> I always find it like, cause normally or not normally, but like from my experience talking with other people who have like gone vegan or like gone plant-based, it is it, sometimes it's a bit more gradual or they do it and then they don't like, and then they come back to it. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like very rare have I actually heard someone being like, no, I'm going to be vegan mm -hmm. and has actually stuck with it for what was this? You said three, three years. Um, yeah, almost four years. And almost I will four. say I've become a lot more flexible with it. I think like when I first started, I was like really, really hardcore. But um, now it's like, you know, if there's honey or like egg in something, like I'm not going to freak out. But I definitely, mm -hmm. I, I don't eat animals um, or, and I try to stay away and avoid dairy as much as possible. <laughs> I was just going to say, Barry and I very much like focus on what we can include more of in our diet as opposed to focusing on what we're cutting out. Yeah. And I exactly. feel like we both have gone through phases of like, we identify more of like plant-based eating or like pescatarian and like I actually like was vegetarian my entire life like I just didn't like meat and like ironically mm -hmm. to your point about like bacon it's like the one thing I absolutely loathe like I don't know why my entire life I just like that flavor like that meatiness it just really like never appealed to me but actually like two years ago I reintroduced chicken and turkey back into my life but I uh, for, I think I cut it out when I was like 14. So like, I feel mm -hmm. like it, I have gotten more as to use, like what you said about flexible as I got older yeah. one, cause I think my body was craving more things, but two, mm -hmm. I also just like, I don't know, like I have a different like outlook and mindset on like mm -hmm. um, balance and moderation and things like that. I just, yeah, like we're, we're not static, right? Like we're dynamic and we, we change as we get older and things. So yeah, I totally relate to what exactly. you said about getting more flexible. 
Yeah, that um, that had a lot to do with it, actually. It was like, I just was like, I don't want to focus on what I'm restricting myself from. I would rather mm-hmm. focus on adding things and listening to my body and seeing how I feel when I eat different things. So I try not to have very many rules and I try not to label myself. But I guess if you looked at my everyday diet, I would probably fall under the category of plant-based or vegan. But I try not to, you know, put labels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah we feel you so how did you were saying how you progressed kind of from your diet and then put that into I guess a business in a sense yeah so um my family and friends all thought I was crazy and I um being the person that I am was like this is a challenge I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna show everyone <laughs> that vegan food can taste really good Um, And at the same time, I was starting to realize that my body didn't, um, gluten didn't seem to agree very well with my body either. So I kind of was removing, you know, all animal products and all gluten at the same time. And everybody's like, what are you going to eat? (laughs) And I was like, let me just show you. So I started getting really um, creative in the kitchen and I was having a lot of fun. I've always enjoyed cooking and baking. Um, and so anyway, I started making food for family and friends and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this cake is delicious. Can I have the recipe? Oh my gosh, this, you know, pasta is delicious. Can I have the recipe? And, um, if you saw the way that I keep track of my recipes, it's literally like on like a napkin and I've (laughs) written it. (laughs) At least you write yours down. I'm like literally the worst. I'm like, measurements, what? Yeah. (laughs) Throw it in. Exactly. At least yours are written. Yeah, well, they weren't at first, but I started to try to keep track of them. And then I would start, you know, I'd be like texting people recipes. And I was like, you know, it'd be really easy for me to, I was in the, at the time I was doing digital marketing was um, what I did for a living. I was a freelance Mm -hmm. digital marketer. So I was used to working on websites and social media and stuff. And I was like, how about I just create a little blog for myself and I'm going to put my recipes on there. And then my friends and family, anytime they want one of my recipes, they can just go on my blog. Um, and I started my Instagram account at the time too. And um, it was kind of crazy. I think it was like during the time where like, I don't know, I feel like it used to be with Instagram where you could just like post one picture and then it get like 20,000 yeah. likes and you just grow yeah. so quickly. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. I wish it was, but no. Um, I think I got really kind of lucky in the beginning because I just started posting like pictures and I put my recipe in the caption and um, within like three months I had like maybe 10,000 people following me on Instagram. That's incredible. Wow. um, That was not you know I mean I definitely I was putting hashtags and stuff but I wasn't really like actively like I mean I had a full-time job at the time so I was like this wasn't meant to be a career at all but when I grew so quickly, um, a lot of people around me were saying, hey, you might be onto something here. Like, it seems like people are really liking your recipes and your content. And there's people that are starting to make a living being an influencer. So maybe you should like try to do this a little bit more. So um, luckily I was in a role where um, I was a freelancer anyway. So I basically took, I started working less for my clients and started working more for myself. And, um, by, I don't know, maybe six months in, I had like a hundred thousand people following me on Instagram. And then that's insane. I started getting brand deals and I started to realize, okay, there is a way to monetize this. And 
it was about six months in that I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I don't have any kids. I don't, you know, I'm not a homeowner. Like I don't have, my parents were like, if you're going to try to go for your dreams, go for it now. And so that's what I did. And that was, I guess, like a little over two years now that I've been doing it full time. That's That's amazing. (laughs) And to honestly, like every time I see one of your recipes, I'm like, she's done it again. Like (laughs) to have that amount of inspiration to keep creating, do you know what I mean? And like making it look flawless every time. Like, it's just very impressive. (laughs) That was actually a point that I wanted to talk to you about. Like I had this chat with someone recently, like Sophie and I have spoken about this a million times, like recipe fatigue. Like we just Mm -hmm. get like, like I don't know I get to the point sometimes where I'm like what do I eat like and I I do this like all day every day right like cooking is like my passion and then I get to a point where like I can't think I'm literally brain dead how do you come up with so many like like do you just have like you know you keep a list by your bed like and you just like write notes when you wait I don't know what how do you do it (laughs) um I have, yes, I take a lot of notes. So I find inspiration. Okay, so I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. I've always been very creative. I've always been one of those people that like, I just, no matter what I'm doing, like I just constantly have like, it, there's inspiration all around me and I'm constantly like receiving ideas. And then I am like sending myself emails saying like, you know, chocolate chip banana bread or whatever pops into my head. Um, <laughs> So I've been really inspired by the world around me. I would say I um, have always loved food too. So it's it's just fun for me to like <laughs> try new recipes. And and um, also I think the pandemic, because it was when I went full time with it, I think it was like right around the time that um, COVID was happening. And so there was just a lot of people that were like at home cooking mm-hmm. and baking and looking for recipes. And so... I felt like, I don't know, I almost felt like this, like, um, I don't know, not urgency, but like, I felt yeah, like really excited for... about getting, yeah, I felt really like, exactly, like there was a need for like recipes and content. And so I was like, you know, totally jumped on the bandwagon and just was like in create mm-hmm. mode every single day, which now I don't create nearly as often as I would like to. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started, I was probably creating a new recipe or two, you know, five or six days a week whereas now it might be one five or, or six days, days a week, week. I get to create yeah oh wait that's insane so you were doing yeah <laughs> I'm confused <laughs> I was gonna say what I like I don't know if you feel comfortable asking answering this question but like what do you do with, like do you live alone like what do you do with the food because like I always found if I was going to create something or make something like I have a big family so I knew it would get eaten but like I love banana bread but like if I was just on my own all week I wouldn't have the like need to make one because I'm like I'm not going to eat a whole banana bread on my own I have to be like very in the mood for it and be like okay I'm going to slice up and freeze it kind of thing like what do you do with all these like amazing foods that you make? So um, I guess this is on a personal note when I first um, got started I was married at the time and um, that marriage did not end very well but anyway he was basically my my number one recipe tester okay yeah I I feel like I'm just shocked that you did that much like I can't even I just think that's incredible like that's such a gift thank you well um 
Yeah, I mean, there were definitely, I would say like for the first, you know, while I was like going between working for my clients and working for myself, I mean, there were long nights and there was, it was, it was mm. a lot of work. I worked really, really hard. Um, it didn't have much of, you know, as my marriage was kind of falling apart, I really like threw myself into my passion. And so, um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, I guess that's sort of how it all was built and created. <laughs> mm. Cause I think people tend to look at like people like yourselves and they're like, Oh, they just make amazing recipes, but it's literally like gathering ingredients, recipe testing, making sure it works, snapping shots, different angles, making this one minute video that's originally like an hour long worth of footage and then right. editing it and putting it together. Like it's so much work. It's a lot of work and um, a lot of like trial and error too. It was like, people were like, mm. I mean, I shoot everything with my iPhone and people are, are like, how do you get the lighting? How do you get the, I love you know? to know like, that. I literally just, <laughs> I just figured it out. Like I just like, I was like, okay, like when I turn on, when I film things at night, it doesn't look very good. It kind of looks, <laughs> it doesn't look very appetizing. So I started being like, okay, I can only film during the daytime. And mm. it's just like hashtags, like what hashtags do you use? I don't know. Let me just try some and see what works and what doesn't. How have you felt like with the change in like the Instagram algorithm? Like, like you said before, it's, it's not mm. like it used to be. Like you can't just like post a picture, a static picture and think everyone's gonna like go to it how have you felt that like has it impacted like do you like film because like it's one thing to make a recipe and shoot the end product it is like you said so if like it's a completely different thing to like set up for filming and like step by step like how Mm -hmm. have you found that kind of like transition towards video content yeah it's it's definitely been an adjustment because like when I was first getting started it was like I could just roll out of bed in the morning and brush my teeth and not really like I didn't have to care about what I looked like or anything and just start creating and take pictures of everything and maybe videos but I wasn't in them um and it's funny because like I was talking with a couple of my other blogger friends and they're all like you get into blogging a lot of times because you're like an introvert like (laughs) you don't want to be talking to people you want to be at home like working for yourself by yourself and so um I would say it it's definitely challenged me because not only do I have to like you know when I'm on filming days I'm creating content I have to make sure I look presentable because I'm going to be on camera but also (laughs) it's pushed me outside of my comfort zone with being on camera it wasn't something that I ever Mm. um thought that I would want to do but um honestly I would say it's the algorithm, I mean, it's <laughs> it's challenged me, it's pushed me, but I think it's a good thing because um, I think it keeps people really engaged in the platform. So even though it creates more work for creators like mm-hmm. all of us, I think ultimately like the user experience is better and it's fun. <laughs> That's a very generous opinion of the algorithm. Yeah, I was going to say that was like so positive. I can like go on a rant about how annoying it is. <laughs> So could I, but I've I've trained myself to, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to embrace it because I can't change it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And I feel like, like yeah, I was going to say like you, I guess your full business is on that page. So you've kind of got no choice, but to just get on with it and accept it and try and work around it. And it seems like you've got the best attitude to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, glass glass half full. 
mentality will get you much farther yeah. in life than a glass half empty mentality. So it's like you just have to roll with it and like get on with it. But like behind closed doors, I can go in like a really annoying rant about it. <laughs> oh, I remember when like, um, you know, reels were first becoming a thing and like me and a couple of my friends that are also bloggers were like, oh my God, what do we do? How are we going to do, like, how are we going to figure this out? Like in all of our content, we had like, I have plenty of pictures that I could post, but I didn't have a whole lot of video content. So there I was thinking, okay, I have all my pictures. I've got hundreds of recipes. I'm good, but nope. It's like, now you got to go reshoot all your recipes and get video of it. (laughs) Yeah. It like, are you also on TikTok? Um, I'm trying to be more on TikTok. Do you just like repost what you posted on Instagram to TikTok? That's what I do. Plus like random, random things that don't get seen by anyone. Yes. Yes. So somebody gave me the advice recently that like basically try to use TikTok as like a testing ground for like, if you're not sure if it's like worthy of posting on Instagram, (laughs) post it on TikTok. Oh, that's interesting. I might try to experiment and do some stuff like that. But right now, um, yeah, we're just sort of repurposing my reels for TikTok. Yeah, I'm just not a TikToker. I like, I think I have an account. I've created one in lockdown, but I just, just wasn't for me. And it's like another social media page that you find yourself checking. And it's just, I don't know, maybe I'll dip back into it one day and look at Barry's, Barry's TikTok. Don't, don't don't find me I, know, I don't want to be back now I want to see your your random <laughs> she she's not Barry she's someone else. Yeah, I have an alter ego no but like you know when like they're like oh you really have to have a niche and like you know all about marketing like you know find your niche and whatever like I have no niche on TikTok like I am the opposite of niching I'm like and this is my food and then I went out and then I did some traveling and then here's my dog like this is how I roll my hair (laughs) literally like it is I'm here yeah it's it's literally like an inside into like my very chaotic brain and then you go to Instagram (laughs) and it's just like food it's they're very different I love it though. I feel like, um, so someone, the same person that gave me the advice about TikTok being your testing ground, they also said um, that Instagram is basically like curated, it's aspirational, it's like you're putting like your best foot forward, it's picture day. And then like Mm -hmm. TikTok is just like where you let it all hang out. It's reality. It's like me with no makeup (laughs) and like Sophie said hair and rollers or whatever. Like it's just. no oh, that, that sounds like yeah that sounds like more my my jam anyway at the moment because I can't stand the whole like perfectly curated you know it because I just feel like Instagram I feel like Barry and I need to do a separate episode on this but Instagram has just become less and less real over the years and I've seen it so much more in the last year that everyone I think because the algorithm has changed so much it has literally forced people to commit to it and show Instagram exactly what it wants to see or you know or your posts don't get shown which is what's happening to me (laughs) yeah same um I think it's also like when you how do I say this in a nice way like um when you're friends with people in the industry which we are 
we see both sides like we see behind the scenes then we Mm. also see like the Instagram and like there's a real stark difference for a lot of people and I think Sophie and I are like so conscious of like we don't want to have two separate lives it should be one life but it's really hard to accomplish um it's almost like impossible it's tough I have definitely had the same struggles like there's been times where I'm like oh my gosh like if I would just commit to giving the algorithm what it wants I feel like I could really grow my account because I've seen you know as quick as my growth in the beginning was it's really slowed down and but you know I'm like I just have to be true to myself. I have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to copy anybody else's ideas or content. I'm not going to like post things just because that's what Instagram wants me to post. I'm just, I'm, and you know, I'm more interested in giving my audience that I currently have what they want and what Mm -hmm. they need and like being the most valuable creator that I can be and creating the most valuable content for them. Um, rather than like, you know, just trying to create something just so I can like blow up my account. (laughs) Yeah, like less clickbaity and actually like, what do people want to see? Out of curiosity, like what is your most popular like recipe on your blog or your recipe books or like your Instagram page? Is there one that you know if you post like everyone is like up in arms being like, all hell, Jillian? (laughs) (laughs) There's a few. Um, It's funny. So when it was pictures, it was my super moist lemon loaf is what I called it. (laughs) Yum. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it was like, you know, just the most moist lemon cake that you could ever think of. And that caused, I mean, I used to post that recipe probably every six weeks because it would just, it would just blow up and it would drive a lot of traffic to my blog. Um, I have also a super moist chocolate cake that does really well. And maybe it's the um, keyword moist. It's the moist. People like the moist. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's such a polarizing word, but it gets people to click. I know. (laughs) It does. It does. It's funny. My friends and family, too, they're like, oh, I just made one of uh, peanut butter and jelly super moist. They always have to make sure they add super moist because that's what I (laughs) do. My favorite uh, adjective, but yeah, so those were the really popular ones, but now with reels, it's interesting. It's like recipes that I didn't think would do that well, like ones that have gone viral. One was my peanut butter, my fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so it's just a peanut butter and jelly and it's fried and vegan butter and a little maple syrup. And like every time I post that recipe, it gets tons of engagement. I also have a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich that does really well. But it's interesting because it's like with, I guess with the video content, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it, when you said it to me, it sounds so unexpected that like it, it's, it's quite a good hook because I like, I want to see how you do it or like, what does that mm. mean? Because it's not, it's not a common. Yeah, because it's, it's not like a chocolate chip banana bread that like so many people have made kind of thing. Right. But it's like a combo that everyone loves, just in like a different a way. A new way. Yeah, exactly. Like I actually want to find that video now and watch it. <laughs> because like I want to know what that means, like a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> like cuz I'm thinking almost like you make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then you're just like almost like are you just like hand searing the outside like french toast? Exactly. Yeah, you just like oh. heat up a skillet, 
throw some, I use vegan butter. So just throw some vegan butter, a little maple syrup, and you just fry it until it's crispy and caramelized on the outside and gooey, gooey and super moist in the center. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the moist center. (laughs) But I also think maybe a reason why people like that too is because like, it's like a handful of ingredients that you probably already have, like yeah, everyone that's has so a little true. bit of peanut butter, jelly, and bread and, and butter. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing worse than like, and I do it all the time, so I'm so guilty of this, but like I'll find a recipe I really like and like it sounds delicious, want to make it. And there's like 800 ingredients that I need that like I probably won't need again. And I'll go out and I'll buy it. And this like ingredient, this recipe, like it would have been cheaper for me to go out to dinner. Um, and then yeah. I have like these random ingredients still like half used in the cabinet. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to make like with this? And then it goes <laughs> off and I throw it out. Yep. I agree. And also I think a lot of people are really intimidated by like cooking or baking like a full recipe. Whereas they're like, mm. oh, peanut butter Yeah, like it's such an investment. <laughs> right. It is. It's a big investment. If it doesn't work out, then you're like, what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, you wasted the money and now you don't have food to eat. Like, that's, yeah, that's you're gonna go make the peanut butter jelly sandwich instead. <laughs> there <Exactly>. you go. <laughs> that's so good. And what about your recipe book? So, like, how did that those come about? Um, yeah, so around the time that it was probably about six months in, actually, around the time that I had like just hit 100,000 followers and I was so excited and I was starting to get brand deals. Um, I was reached out to by my publisher and they were like, Hey, we're really interested in writing a cookbook with you, with you. And I was like, this is like a dream come true. Like I grew up and I always would say, I want to be an author. That was like, I really wanted to write books and I didn't know how that would come to fruition. So it was like, kind of like a pinch me moment when that happened. And yeah, so we wrote one book, it did well. And so they were like, hey, do you want to do another one? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm interested, like, how do you do a second recipe book? Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like, because Barry and I have our recipe book and I just feel like we've put our best recipes in there and it took us a while to like curate them and like decide, like if we were to do another one, I'm like, what would that even look like? How how do you have inspiration for a second? Um, well, how many recipes are in your your book? We've got maybe 50. Oh, 50. Okay. So it was like a half nutrition, had... half recipe book. So it yeah, was like... it wasn't a full recipe book. It was nutrition and recipes. Yeah. I think there were six. I mean, honestly, I could probably write, I could probably write like so many more recipe books. I I don't have any really? like, oh recipe ideas. Wow. Um, okay. Interesting. But... And were they all just like, breakfast lunch and dinner desserts like or was one more of something mm-hmm. so my first book is um easy low-cal vegan eats and it's recipes for every single meal of the day so breakfast lunch dinner soup salads and desserts um and actually the issue that I've ended up having with both of my books is like I create too many recipes and they're like yeah no we only have room for 60 so oh wow <laughs> um but then my second book was light and easy vegan baking and so that was um oh, okay. know, mostly a desserts book so. I was gonna and- say I feel like you 
like you post some amazing desserts, is that what you're more passionate about? Or is it just easier for you to do baking? Like that just like comes to you more naturally. No, I mean, I have a serious sweet tooth. Like I have to have dessert every (laughs) single day. (laughs) And, um, but I also love breakfast. I would say breakfast and desserts are my two favorite kinds of recipes. So literally that's Sophie and do you have sweet do you have sweet things for breakfast like are you like a porridge peanut butter girl I yeah I love like french toast pancakes waffles like oh yeah you and Sophie are the same (laughs) I love it we always said like if Barry and I opened like a cafe or something I would do all the sweet stuff and she would just do all the salads and like even like for breakfast, like I very, very, very rarely, I will have like yogurt and fruit and stuff just because it's so easy and like you don't have to cook. Yeah. And just, I always like... feel proud of you when you do that. Whenever I see you have like a porridge bowl of fruit and you're going like, yes, <laughs> Well, I don't do porridge or oats, we would say in America, but porridge, we call it here in the UK. Um, I don't do that because I don't have a microwave. And I know you do your stovetop oats, Sophie, but yeah. like I would have to do it too. And I just like, it's just like another thing to clean up. And for that reason, I'm out. But I, I do like yogurt bowls and fruit and stuff, like because it's easy. But like if I had to choose, like it would be savory all day. Like I have such like a salty, savory tooth. Like the actually, I just realized this today. I literally just bought like a full salt like grinder, whatever, and not even like two weeks ago. And I'm like, it's half. Like I the amount of salt because I like cook. I actually I did host a dinner party last week and cooked like 12 dishes that all had salt. So I'm like, I'm not that like I shouldn't be that worried. But like salty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We did make margaritas and there was salt in the rim. So I'm like trying to like be like, oh, okay. okay." Yeah. Um, But like the amount of like everything has to have salt, like not so much of a sweet tooth gal. Very savory. Like your like go to breakfast then. Oh my god, I'm so weird. So my breakfast is usually leftovers, like from what I had from dinner, and I will like eat it cold. So like whether it's like shocking the Barry and I even friends. (laughs) Yeah, like whether it's like shrimp pad thai that I made, or like literally like tofu ramen, or like whatever I I made for dinner, like, and it's always for breakfast, and it's cold. I like. I feel like you so order pizza so that you can have it for breakfast the next day. One thousand percent. I've done that a lot. Yeah. Like I'll take a whole That's like fair. pizza home with me just so I can like leave it out, let it go slightly stale and cold, and then eat it the next day. <laughs> I, I like growing on there. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh yeah, Barry has it's like also previous. Yeah, she yeah. like Barry will eat things pa- way past the sell by date as well. No, here <laughs> in the UK, their sell by dates are crazy. Like they, you could. I don't know if you've ever been to the UK, but like it's very like going to a supermarket here in the UK is very similar to Trader Joe's in the sense of like everything is prepackaged. So like you'll get everything like pre wrapped. You don't really get the ability to like pick and choose pick what and you choose. want. But, like, Mm -hmm. on vegetables, it'll be, like, a pack of, like, three peppers, and they'll have, like, a sell-by date of two days. And I'm, like, Like no, just leave it in the fridge and just, like, see when it's not ready It's different with fruit and veg, but, like, yogurts and dairy. Yogurts, it'll stay in the fridge. It's fine. It's fermented. Like, they have, like, 
they'll on the on the like label it'll say like consume within three days if I get a tub of yogurt like I'm sorry like that's staying for like a week and a half two weeks if there's no mold it's fine there's nothing living on it it's fine fine fine. um but what is your favorite food to cook like when you're like I don't even know if like I don't know why I said like when you're stressed but like what's your like go-to like comfort Mm. meal like if you had to choose like your ideal comfort, let's go through the whole day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a dessert. Yeah. Like what, what are you cooking for yourself? Like what, what's your favorite thing to eat? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say for breakfast, it would have to be cinnamon rolls. Mm, love cinnamon. I make some really good vegan cinnamon rolls. Ooh. Yum. <laughs> um, that's probably, yeah, that. That's got to be my all-time favorite breakfast. But the thing about those is that they take like two and a half, three hours to make. So, oh, okay, that's serious. So you gotta get up at like six. <laughs> exactly. So that's not very realistic. Although for like holidays and like family get-togethers, that's usually what everyone requests: mm. is cinnamon rolls. So <laughs> I would take that. And then for lunch, I like like a really good big um, salad. I love salads of any kind like a vegan Caesar with like maybe some tempeh yeah. or something would be mm, really yummy. Delicious. Um, dinner I don't know I mean I love pasta I love grain bowls like burrito bowls anything like that I love burrito bowls actually Mexican food <laughs> Me too. is my jam <laughs> <laughs> same actually um, I actually when I then, had friends over the other night for dinner it was all Mexican yeah that looked so like good. a good spread I feel like I'm eating Mexican food like every day and not get tired of it yeah same are you a hot sauce girl like do you like hot sauce or like no like lime and cilantro I, all of it okay like yeah of it. I'm with you yeah good <laughs> <laughs> and I love guacamole like, I could go in on some guacamole do you have a good guacamole recipe um, and then, on your blog oh yeah oh yeah okay. I feel like she'll have everything covered like any recipe food you could ever want like you will find <laughs> I don't actually I don't have enough to me like I don't have enough lunch and dinners that's something that like I want to do better at it's just like when I'm mm. creating I just love breakfast so much and I love dessert so yeah. much I'm I'm literally the same and I guess for dessert I would probably have to say maybe it would be between like banana bread which sounds like a breakfast but I just love banana bread with like a little butter spread on it very good or like cookies I love any kind of cookie Mm. I thought you were gonna say your super moist lemon cake yeah I was waiting for the super moist chocolate cake actually I, I like both of those, but like, um, I don't know. There's something about, I have a really good banana bread recipe. Like we'll I'm going to check that it. out. I'm, I feel like I, yeah, I never get bored of like trialing different banana bread recipes. I feel like I have so many. <laughs> yeah, banana bread is good. Um, the one that you'll have to try, it's called oatmeal banana bread because I use oh, yeah. oats okay. in it. So I basically swap out like half of the flour for oats and it makes it like a lot more filling and like, yeah like texture yeah 
Mm-hmm. Really good. Okay, I'll have to try that one. Yum. Chocolate chips or no chocolate chips? Like, is it just banana bread or is it banana chocolate chips? This one's just banana bread, but you could put chocolate chips in it for sure. I feel like I I have to personally, like, consume. (laughs) Don't know why. Are you a chocolate lover? I I am. It's like, I do love chocolate. I don't, like, don't, weirdly, don't go out of my way to, like, eat it as Mm. often as, like, I think other people, like, seek out chocolate. But in my head, like if I'm having banana bread, it has to have chocolate in it. Like it just, yeah. I don't know why. I just you do go all in on like dessert, man. Like if you're making cupcakes, there's got to be like added chocolate, added icing. Like you, oh, yeah. you like to go all in on your desserts. Yeah, I think that's why I don't bake because like I always have to take it to like the next level. To the extreme, <laughs> and it's exhausting. I think that's also why we're friends, though. But also, like, I find um, with baking, like, it's a real science, and you have to follow the recipe or else, like, it won't rise, it won't taste good, right. where I feel mm. like cooking, you can just, like, you can fix it, you could, yeah. you don't have Throw to pay attention, in. and I think I'm I'm inherently, like, maybe a bit, like, lazy, I don't follow rules as well, so, like, I'm not a good baker because mm. I just don't have the patience for it. Yeah, I I feel like with uh, cooking, it's a lot more like instinctual, like, you know, you just oh, I'll add anything a little in. bit of this, I'll add a little bit of that. Whereas with baking, it's like very much like, nope, you just need one scoop of this. And yeah, if you add an extra <laughs> half a cup, it's, you're going to ruin the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there's no going back. Like, Amazing. you can't like undo it. Right, exactly. That's what I always tell people too. They're like, well, can I, you know, can I use this sugar versus this sugar and I'm like well that sugar might be sweeter so like add a lot less you can always add more yeah yeah I know I always get like oh can I use coconut flour instead of normal flour I'm like no like that's gonna ruin it (laughs) isn't it like a third (laughs) no (laughs) you have to like yeah because coconut um, flour absorbs so much moisture yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, I get wow. that a lot too with almond flour. People are always like, "Can I just use almond flour?" And like, all, honestly, too, like whenever I've gotten people that are like, "I tried your recipe and it didn't work," which doesn't happen a whole lot anymore, but I feel like in the mm. beginning it used to happen a lot. And um, I was like, "Okay, well, can you walk me through like what you did?" And a lot of times they'd be like, "Well, I used, Switched I did everything out. your instruction said, but I, I, except for the gluten-free flour, I used almond flour." And I'm like, "Well." <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) that'll do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) mystery solved (laughs) but it was actually a good learning experience because um it made me realize as a recipe developer like okay don't just write flour or gluten-free flour like actually write the brand that I'm using exactly yeah, more specific, the better. I think especially like if you have people who are like not used to being in the kitchen and like they're looking to you for inspiration, like sometimes like over, I was going to say over pronouncing but you know what I mean? Like over explaining um, yes. is helpful yeah. for people sure. saying, well, thank you so, so, so much for, um, you know, taking the time out of your day, even though I think it's afternoon there but it's evening here um and chatting to us uh where can everyone find you to go find all the delicious recipes you've just mentioned um mm. and all your food i'm gonna be like trailing back through your page now as well 
Please do. Yeah, and go try try to uh, find the fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm going to. Make it on a day where you need yeah. something like just a comfort food. Yeah, I'm thinking I might like adapt it a little bit and make it for my son. I feel like he'll love a peanut butter. We say jam here, but yeah. <laughs> Has he had peanut butter it's and so jelly jam yet? Like together as a combination? He's had, so he's not as a combination. He's had like peanut butter and raspberries. So I feel like that's pretty close. <laughs> but I feel like jam's a little bit too sugary for him at the moment. So oh, I see. we'll wait so a little he's... bit. But I feel like I can adapt it a little bit to because he's just started eating toast literally like a month ago so yes, um i also have that. a fried peanut butter and banana he'll sandwich. love that yeah he's had that combo he loves that really good but um anyway so if you want to find those uh my instagram probably the easiest place to find me so i'm at peanut butter and jelly beans um and then my blog is peanut and and I mean, I'm on all the platforms. So if you just look up peanut butter and jelly on TikTok or Pinterest or Facebook, you will find me. Amazing. Amazing. We'll link everything in the show notes so everyone can click through and have a look. Awesome. Amazing. And also my books are available anywhere books are sold. So if you want to just, you know, go online, you can look up Jilly and Glenn and it'll come up on Target or Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Or- Amazing. We will awesome. link that as well. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you guys. Thanks, Julian. So nice chatting.